Hey everybody, Diana here for the Change Worker Podcast. This is one of the episodes winding up 2023. Um, And this has to do with something I witnessed as well as something I heard uh, from a number of different people over the course of years and recently. So if we're business owners... And one of our employees has problems with a client. And this doesn't have to be related to anything, um, body work, uh, counseling, energy work. Um, If we employ people, what type of policies do we have clear in our minds and perhaps our um, literature, our you know, HR guidelines are um, the mission of our company. How do we take care of our clients in the sense that we have their back, we are clear on what our boundaries are, we are clear in how we support our employees' boundaries. So, and maybe this changes with bigger companies, I'd like to think not, but their bigger companies are definitely more formalized uh, policies in place um, for a whole host of reasons, for protection, um, and just to be clear. And so I might have mentioned something that I went through recently where I had a client making inappropriate inappropriate comments to me. And I took the opportunity to educate instead of saying, I am going to end this session right now because I don't, I'm not, I don't want to talk about any of the subjects you just talked about or are asking about or making a comment on. I don't want it in my office. I'm not sure of, uh, I wasn't, still not entirely clear on the motivations behind why this particular client said what he said to me. Um, Maybe I suspect he's not even clear on why he said what he said to me. So as both a business owner, as an employee, I got to see this sort of from both sides and kind of from the client side. And I wanted to put myself in all those positions because I don't like when people do those things, especially in a situation where there is vulnerability. You're alone in an office with somebody, a a room, and in the case of a massage therapist, there is somebody's naked and somebody's not, and there is a, a, a sharing of touch that can obviously often be misconstrued. Um, mis- maybe deliberately misinterpreted. And I just, anyway, so one of the things that bothered me about this was I was telling my coworker about it. And I've come to find out that months before, maybe, yeah, months before, she had had an experience with a client and didn't say anything. So I was wondering about her motivation and not saying anything. Why didn't she tell management? Why didn't she report it? And the way she explained it, this guy who was 
saying and doing things in the room while she was massaging him uh, were, it was obvious that he had done them before. And it, it was sort of very predatory, manipulative behavior, gaslighting her, making her feel like she was uh, slickly uh, losing her mind in a way, like she was misinterpreting things, like it was her misinterpretation. And so I've been around people like that. And it's like, no, 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 you know. And she's a bit younger than me, but she's been doing massage far longer, well, longer than I have. So I, I didn't get to ask her about why. Why didn't you say something? Why didn't you report this guy? Because in any environment, especially in the one where we work, which is affiliated with a hospital system, why didn't you? And I didn't have this conversation with her, and I can only surmise that she was afraid to, afraid to overreact, afraid to put herself in scrutiny, afraid to put herself in the position of further vulnerability that she wouldn't be believed or supported that she, it's just normal for her to kind of suck up this kind of behavior. It might be the culture that she was raised in, um, the family and, and, and social dynamics that she comes from, any number of those things, or all of it. And I took that a step forward and, and told the manager that she had had a run-in. This person had, did not come back. And her solution to this was to flag the client in massage book. I remember thinking, why would we do that? Why would we even invite or be in the position to be open to this person getting another massage? It, it, it should have been one and done. Um. Unless you're me and you you choose to educate and do things a bit more in a different way, my my choice was to try to educate the person I was talking to, and I took him through what I what would what perhaps to him was probably to him a hypothetical. Like if I had a client saying and and or doing things in the session I didn't appreciate, I would shut the session down, ask the person to leave, and never work on him again. He was not welcome in the practice. And, and, but because I'm an employee, I went to my manager who then went to my GM, who the GM came to me. And I had a very surprising kind of conversation. And maybe it's just, I don't know what it was. I can't go there and interpret things that are not my own mind. So I, um, after this, I knew he, he booked another appointment and war well told my manager and the GM that this is the time and the day that he had made the appointment. I told him what my plan was, which was to say, you said certain things back on this during this appointment and that they were not welcome. I did not want to engage. I didn't want to hear it. 
It didn't make me feel safe. It didn't make me feel comfortable with the person on my table. I have no idea what your ulterior motives are, but I don't want it. And so this guy booked, and this happened a couple of days ago. I Again, I think the day before I went to my manager and the GM and said he's coming in tomorrow at this time. And I wasn't sure what to expect from either one of them. So um, the guy came in and I... <laughs> this is kind of funny. I, I've been sick all week and going through some stuff, which I'll get into at another point. Um, but I had this... I kind of knew what was going to happen. In my mind, I was going to have this conversation, hopefully be clear about what I was upset by and that... Um, and make and stress it. I didn't want it. It was not welcome. I did not feel safe. It would never, if if anything like that happened again in the session, the session would end. I would ask him to leave. He would not be welcome back. And so I went and I saw him and I came and I, I pulled him aside in public in a sort of an out of the way area, out of the footpath of most people. And I said, I kind of laid it out that way. And I, was, I looked over and I noticed my GM was sort of leaning on the counter to the front desk area where most people come in. And I looked over and, I went, and my brain went, duh, and I lost track of what I was going to say because I wasn't expecting my GM to stand there. He was, it was just, he was hanging out. He was leaning there. He didn't have pieces of paper in his hand. He wasn't talking to the front desk person. He was just hanging out and watching. And I, I don't know if my client at that point saw him watch. I think he kind of looked over at my GM, but I also think the way I approached this, because I was kind of nervous and I saw my GM and I lost my train of thought and, you know, I was (laughs) sort of disconcerted for a second. And so I, I got into it and I didn't, he, and in case I said, I, I laid it out, and, and you said certain things, blah, 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 blah. Went down the list of my, my, from my memory. And he, he's like, okay. And you could see he kind of got like his mouth open. He looked like a little shocked, maybe, a little uh, disturbed, surprised. And I said, okay, if you're good with that, let's go. So we're walking back, and I said, I'm sorry to have done this, but in a way to start this conversation, but I just wanted you to know where I stood. And I'm thinking in my mind, my mind's racing, judging from the expression on his face, maybe this man does not remember what he said. Maybe I needed to remind him of that, which I wanted to do. And I didn't. And maybe he's like, what the hell did we talk about a month ago? <laughs> um, so we get into the room and I close. I was kind of closing the door and I said, and and just to open up the conversation, I said, do you have any questions about what I just said? He's like, no. And that wide-eyed man look that he had on his face, like, <laughs> I interpret as, nope, not going to go there. I'm just going to go with what you say, which may or may not be correct. And so I said, we can leave that behind us as long as I'm, you know, you kind of know where I stand. Do you have any questions? Nope. Okay. 
So the session went through and I just kept it normal. I, I was a little nervous still, but I said as long, you know, I know what I'm going to do the next time. If something happens, he says something, I know I'm going to shut it down. I don't know what he know if he knows what the hell happened, happened. But anyway, I was, that's what I thought would happen. That's what happened. And I get out and I'm heading back towards the front desk because I know my, I'm pretty sure my GM is still there and I'm just flustered still. And I walked up to him and I said, um, I said, this is what I said to him. And I said, I'm not sure if he remembered what he said. And I wish I had reminded him of what he had said. And he's like, okay. He's like, my GM is like nodding his head, like, okay, cool, cool. You good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I walk in bathroom, wash my hands, go do the session. It was a, I was like a, a never ending session. I don't know if he'll be back. I don't necessarily know if I care. So I, I, in hindsight, there were things about that conversation. I wish I would have done differently. Um, I maybe would have said, can you come in a few minutes earlier? I want to discuss something important with you. And I wanted to specifically bring up the three things he said as an example and to educate again, that be me. But I was kind of flustered and I just wanted it out of the way. And I wish it would have been a more two-sided conversation maybe to invite questions rather than just like bleh, vomited all over the floor what this, what I um, wanted to happen. What I wanted to make very clear was that I was not going to tolerate certain behaviors. And unfortunately, maybe it's me, maybe I'm kind of super laid back in some ways, uh, in the sense that a lot of people, some people I don't even know, will come up to me and say things to me um, and feel free to say things in, to me, not about me, but around me. They'll say, they'll make observations and tell me things. And I sometimes don't know what to do with that. But for the most part, I do believe it is not, I'm just a conduit for that information. They needed to say something. I guess they felt safe enough to say it to me and not be judged. And it, it would just be something that they said that they just wanted to say. And I, I recognize I'm one of those people. Um, and so that's what I think happened with this guy. I think, but like, like I said earlier, I am not sure of his motivations, if he's even conscious of his motivations or the motivations of a man who says the things he said to me or any massage therapist in the situation we were in, naked on the table during massage session, a 90-minute session on top of that, endless 90-minute session. So there's that. Um, like I said, I would have done some things things differently. I will do things differently. Hopefully it may not happen again. And, uh, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, it doesn't happen often enough that I have a script, you know, uh, something I can fall back on and just say, look, not cool. And maybe in the next session with regardless of who it is, the next time they say something and I'll be like, wait, right, what, right there. What did you just say? Could you repeat what you just said? And maybe not in the, the aggressive tone I'm using right now. Could you repeat what you just said? Because I, I, I want to hear what you said again. I think I missed something. And I've heard, I've seen this at work because I've tried it with a couple of people, is that if you ask them to repeat something they're already squirrely about saying, 
they may not they may not repeat it and they may back down <laughs> we'll see maybe you could try it and let me know cuz you're you want them to be aware of the words that are coming out of their mouth like are you hearing yourself say this to the person who's providing a service to you in a professional setting are you listening to yourself so yeah I, I sort of done an informal evaluation of what I did in the whole situation and things I would have done differently. Um, and then I thought about, too, it hit me that um, my GM, who is, is an interesting guy in his own way, a bit of a micromanager, and... Um, I've learned from working with a lot of micromanagers how to handle them. And one of the ways I handle micromanagers is to be, uh, and this is just me being impish, me being mischievous, when I'll just say, and I'll make light of something, and I'll sort of joke around and say things that they're like, whoa, wasn't expecting you to say that. I like to keep micromanagers on their toes in ways that is not aggressive, <laughs> that are not aggressive or confrontational. It's just I'm expressing um, myself in a way where it's, it's, for micromanagers, it's hard for them to hold on to something. It's not concrete what I'm saying that ruffles their feathers. They're still just sitting there looking flummoxed after you walk away when you said something. I could give you an example. I just can't think of one right now. But I've, I've done it often enough that I know it works. So, um, But he did something, and I've mentioned this before, when I, I brought up this topic earlier, I don't know, a few episodes ago, where he said the magic words to me, Diana, however you want to handle it, we've got your back. And that was, it healed something inside of me that I didn't know was kind of broken or that was a wound I didn't know I had. And he meant it. Because he stood there, he's a busy guy, GM of a big facility, and he stood there and waited for me to have the conversation and then waited for me to come back just to let me know he was there. No manager has ever done that. And I went up to him and I said, I'm going to get teary-eyed because this is how deep this wound was. I said, thank, I looked him dead in the eye. I was dead serious. And I said, thank you. He's like, oh yeah, sure. No problem. Like he didn't recognize the import and I wanted him to know the import of what he had just done for me. So I walked in, uh, this is fast forward through the session and I walked into the, the main office where all the big, you know, the big wig people sit. And, um, he was there and I walked up to him. He was at the copier and I said, I, I want you to know you have no idea 
how important this is to me, that you stood up for me. No manager has ever done that. And he looked at me and he was like, surprised. <laughs> and he looked at me and I was all, I said, don't make me cry. <laughs> don't say anything. Just thank you. I want you to know that. And he's like, really? And I said, yes, don't make me cry. And I started laughing. He started laughing, kind of awkward pat, pat on the back I got from him. And then he, I don't, maybe he recognizes now. And so I felt it was really important for me to say that to him. So I'm sharing that with you because, you know, as business owners, if we're employing people, how do we, how can we support our employees in, in ways that they have never been supported before? This is something, you know, and I'm not going to extrapolate too much because I'll maybe I'll cry even more than I want to cry now. But it's a fatherly role. It's a protective role that he created for me. That I didn't have in a lot of places. So not to say that we are going to be parent figures to the people we employ. That's not a role you have to take on unless you want to for very healthy reasons. So, yeah, that happened. And it obviously still brings up a lot of emotions for me because I think it's, when I think about having employees... What kind of role do I want to take through my policies, through my behaviors, through my support for my employees? And it doesn't have to be a rigid guideline of HR bullet points. It could be very simple. Like, I've got my, my employees' backs. What does this mean? It means maybe if they screw up, I'm going to take the time to figure out what's going on with them. Like, why did they make this decision? Even if it was on the borderline of perhaps egregious, like, what is going on with you? What kind of culture or environment do we have in our businesses in order for people to be open. Not that we're there to solve their problems, not that that we're there to to be anything other than the listening board, sounding board, a guide. Um, You may even part ways with this employee over something that they've done or did not do that went against your internal policies and how important it is that we get super clear on that. And it, like I said, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be represented by a document, but I think it has to pass some sort of internal test. If this were my child, if this were my um, employee or a member of my community, a member of my family, if this were my friend's kid, 
how would I want to handle these situations? How can I have my, my employees' backs? And, and I think that's just a really very interesting question that I'm, I'm looking into because I don't, right now, I don't have a formalized answer for that. I don't have any employees. My only employee is me. And I am, I'm, I'm treating myself in a different way than I have, um, because I'm being kinder and gentler and I'm learning to reparent myself. I'm learning to support myself in very fundamental ways that I don't think I've ever been supported before. And I had to start with me. I had to start with, um, why wouldn't my colleague go to management about the client who made her feel the way she did, who crossed lines? How could I have nurtured a sense of trust that she would have? And that's a two-way street. I get that. You can have the best environment in the world that's very supportive and I mean, obviously one of those places that people love to work, but you're still going to have employees who don't trust it because of their own stuff, their own background, their own history. But I think it's a, a really interesting question to ask ourselves. And I like to think of this guy, uh, my the GM, um, who is a micromanager, a bit of one, I'll just gloss that over a little bit, but he's not a bad person. Um, he's got his own stuff where he, his management style is very much a reflection of how he sees the world. And it's telling that whatever, if it was a family thing or that's just how he was raised and he, he finds comfort in that familiarity he doesn't see the repercussions of that with other people. I don't know if he has, I think he's got kids, but I'm not sure if he has daughters. But he, he handled it right for me. And I wanted him to know. But I was also in the place of vulnerability. And there is massive strength and vulnerability in trusting that I had a plan, trusting that the system that I worked under, that the people I knew were, I hoped, going to step up for me. And both my manager and GM did. Now, I'd love to have this conversation with my colleague to see what for her wasn't there that she could come forward because I'm really curious like what was it that she maybe is unconsciously feeling or seeing in herself or in them that she couldn't is she one of those people who just like I'm just gonna keep my head down shut my mouth and just keep on trucking it's not worth it and in a way I understand that there is it's not worth it equating to I'm not worth it. And also that being part of a bigger choice. I got to keep this job. 
I have to be employed. So I'm going to suck it up. And, and that's the reality, I'm assuming, for a lot of people. Is this, you know, if, or if you're intentional about the growth of your company, um, do you do exit, um, uh, uh, what's it, exit interviews? I had a really good one a while back, which was enlightening in many ways. Um, from a company I'd worked for for a while. Uh, and that was a, not the best place to work. Hmm. At least for me. And how we want that environment to be. It, it starts with us. It starts with what we're fostering and what we're dismissing. What we're not having patience for. Not taking the time for. Is how do I want... If I were an employee for me, what how would I how would I evaluate my work experience? That's a good question. And I think it's an important one. If we're going into a new year and you're wanting to expand your business and you want employees, I think this is just a really good time to start thinking about it. I'm not saying make big decisions. I'm just saying start thinking about it. Let your brain brew on this. Think of all your your employee history, incidences, different situations, different personalities, different power dynamics. I think this is a really good time to think about that. So not necessarily the, the, the episode I'm going to end the year on, but I am thinking forward. I am thinking of the future. And maybe you want to as well. So thanks for listening. I'll be back with more goodness next time. Please take care of yourselves in the meantime.